Hi, this is Mike Farrell. You're listening to On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zemrak with you. And this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on the latest of TV and movie DVD releases and latest on remakes, sequels, and upcoming movies. And, of course, each week we bring you an interview with somebody from the TV, movie, or music industry. Past episodes we've had some great guests like the $6 million man, Lee Majors, Bob Barker, and a whole list of people. And this week we have Captain B.J. Honeycutt from MASH. That's right, Mike Farrell joins us to talk about MASH, he talk about a new book he has out, and it's all right here, coming up on the interview segment of On Screen and Beyond. Also, we want to remind you to check out our website for updates on upcoming guests, and you can email us with your question for those stars, and your question might be used on the show. So be sure to check often, because the website will be continually updated as we get new guests, and also, of course, some of them may only be a few days' notice, so we may be popping one up there. Just like recently, we had Jack Larson uh, up there, and Jack Larson, of course, played Jimmy Olsen in the 50s TV show The Adventures of Superman. And uh, we put it up there to letting people know, but we only had two days because we found out we were going to interview him, and we got the interview, so we had to have your questions in very quickly. And uh, we actually did get a couple of those in there. And that show will be coming up in a couple of weeks right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, so if you do have some questions for stars, check the website, onscreenandbeyond.com. And you can uh, see who's coming up and who we are looking for questions. And your question might be asked of that star. Also, uh, each week, our website will be having the movie Top 10. It's the Top 10 box office hits of the week. And it's right on our front page. Scroll down to the bottom. You'll see it right there. And uh, that's something you can look forward to, to see which movies are the big movies that are out. The top ten, the movie top ten, right here on On Screen and Beyond. All right, let's see. What else we got to do here? Uh, that's about it. Coming up in just a moment, we'll have the interview with Mike Farrell. But for right now, we're going to find out what's coming up as far as remake madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please and, try again. and as far as remake madness, the horror flick Happy Birthday to Me from 1981, which starred Glenn Ford and Melissa Sue Anderson, is headed for a remake, this time in 3D. And Universal is looking at remaking The Bride of Frankenstein. We'll keep you updated on that as we get more on that. And also, the Broadway play Wicked is headed for a big screen adaptation. And uh, the movie is in development right now, and that means they're working on it. And uh, right now they're looking at a possible 2016 release. So that's plenty of time for them to work things out. And that's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies.
Well, as far as upcoming movies, 2010 will bring us The Sparrow. No, it's not another one of those, you know, comic book type heroes, superhero type movies. It's about a Jesuit priest who accompanies a space crew to a distant planet after Earth receives its first contact with aliens. And right now, Brad Pitt is rumored to star in it. And we'll keep you updated on that. Also in 2010, Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. All right. And that's a, that's a working title. It may not end up being that title, but who knows? It stars Seth Rogen, and it's in development about two guys who take on the end of the world. And The Summoning is in production, starring Robert Carradine in a horror movie about a series of brutal murders on a New England college campus. And you can also look for Timberwolf, starring Erin Gray. Remember her from uh, Buck Rogers fame? And it tells the tale of hardships of an 1800s family in the Great Smoky Mountains and a legendary secret. A 2010 release is expected on that one. That's about it for upcoming movies. Coming up next, taking you down to Sequel City. Sequel City, it looks like Scary Movie 5 is in development with director David Zucker. And you can look uh, for a 2011 release on that film. The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, is looking at a 2011 release in theaters. Filming is looking to start in late spring of 2010. Spider-Man 5 is in the early stages, mainly the script writing stage right now. And they are in hopes of a 2012 release. And finally, Ghost Rider 2 has been optioned, and it's looking for a 2011 release in theaters with Nicolas Cage leading it off. And that's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. Ethics is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. And as far as TV on DVD, well, it looks like this week, these are the shows that are coming out on DVD. Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern in Collection 3 is coming out. Also, FBI Files Most Wanted, the best of Season 1 and 2. Also, Reba Season 6. And Tom and Jerry, the Chuck Jones Collection. And upcoming future releases, look for on August 4th, The Love Boat Season 2, Volume 2. It hits stores. The Untouchables, Season 3, Volume 1, comes to DVD on August 25th. And Mr. Ed, the Talking Horse, the complete first season, arrives on DVD on October 6th. Those are some TV shows you can look for coming out on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as movies on DVD, Confessions of a Shopaholic shops its way onto DVD on June 23rd, starring Isla Fisher and Hugh Dancy. And we're also looking for Watchmen to arrive in stores on July 21st from director Zack Snyder. And Hyde, starring Rachel Miner and Christian Kane 
hit stores on June 30th. And also on June 30th, the DVD Jonas Brothers The Concert Experience makes its way onto DVD. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we are going to have an interview with a, 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 one of the stars of one of the greatest shows ever made, MASH, Captain B.J. Honeycutt. Mike Farrell joins us. He's coming up next. He talks about MASH. He talks about uh, his book. He talks about his trip that he took around the country in a car. And it's all right here coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is a writer, an actor, a director, and a producer. He has a new book out called Of Mule and Man, and for eight years we enjoyed him each week as B.J. Honeycutt on MASH. It's Mike Farrell. Mike, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks very much. Now, nice, to, nice to be with you, Brian. Yeah, I, You know, when I started looking over things to talk about for this interview... Uh, there was just so many directions we could take this in. Um, <laughs> of course, your book, but your book branches out into all kinds of directions. So. It does, in, into another book, essentially. Yes, yeah. <laughs> now, um, obviously, we want to talk about MASH, if you don't mind that. Not at all. And, uh, but I'd like to start off with your first book, which was Just Call Me Mike, A Journey to Actor and Activist. Yes. Um, now, what made you decide to do that book to begin with? Um, the first one was um, just call me Mike was a um, uh, came about as a result of a conversation with um, a man by the name of Robert Greenwald, a filmmaker, uh, who uh, after we had been involved in some efforts together, I worked in a picture of his, and uh, we were involved in some social justice work. He said he'd love to have me write a book, and I said, you know, I'm not sure I. I'm equipped to do that, much less um, <laughs> can do it. Anyway, he, he kept after me, and he was at that time associated with a small publishing company. And um, finally, in going over it back and forth and discussing the issues and all that, I, I said, well, you know what, I, I can give it a try. Um, he kind of, I think, wanted a book about political activism, and I, I said, I don't know how to write a manual of political activism, but I, I do know how to write a book about this person, who I am, and how I uh, came to be both an actor and what some people call an activist. And uh, if you're interested in that, I'll, I, I could do that. And he said, uh, that's exactly what I want, and that's exactly what he got. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a... It's a very interesting book, and um, i got to tell you, uh, for years I, I was a reader. I read all the time, but then, you know, as things have gone on, busy and, and all that stuff, I sort of fell away from reading other than manuals and things like that and research. Mm. But, um, you know, I did get the books, and I read them both. Well, thank you. And uh, it was very enjoyable. Um, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. You, you, you really did a nice job, and... It's. I mean, it goes into directions of uh, politics and, and you know serious matters, but there, there's also uh, some you know comical things in it, and, and it's, it's it was very entertaining. I'm glad to hear that. It's. Yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I, there is a lot of fun in it, and there was intended to be a lot of fun in it for people who 
uh, aren't likely to be interested in some of the other stuff because uh, it seems to me it's important to give people something that they can get their teeth into, as well as something that will uh, give them a laugh. And now, with uh, of me, I, I keep thinking of saying of mice and men. But, <laughs> well, but, there's, there's there's reason behind that, you know. What, what what's the story behind that? Well, just that the uh, <clears throat> the trip was really a kind of a la uh, John Steinbeck's mm-hmm. travels with Charlie, but it was also uh, ended uh, at the Steinbeck. Uh, Museum and the uh, Steinbeck Rotary Club in Salinas, California. So there was a sort of a natural uh, connection made, and uh, the publisher actually came up with that idea. He said, "Would you mind <laughs> if we called it of Mule and Man?" And I was, I was just thinking of you know something simple, me and me and the Mule, or Mule and Me, or yeah. something like that. But I thought, well, no, that's kind of a kind of an homage to Steinbeck, and I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I mean, people would ask me what I'm reading, and I, I, I sometimes I'd slip, and I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, uh, when you set out, you'd, you had written, uh, you know, Just Call Me Mike. Yeah. Now, then you went out on your, your book tour, which led to Of Mule and Man. Uh, was the intent to write Of Mule and Man? No, um, the intent... Well, first of all, this was the uh, the second book tour. This was the book tour associated with the paperback publication of, mm-hmm. of uh, Just Call Me Mike. And um, I had so enjoyed, and my wife and I had so enjoyed the first book tour, uh, it being a small production company, they don't have the kind of money necessary to fly me all over the country, so they asked if I would be willing to, uh, to drive if they'd rent me a car. And I said, my wife and I, Shelley and I, love to do road trips, so that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So the first trip, uh, the first book, when the paper hardcover came out, we did a, both a, a book tour of the West Coast and then a book tour of the East Coast that included some of the Midwest. And um, when the paperback came up, he said, you know, you know, you missed a lot of the country. <laughs> and he said, would you be willing? You seem to enjoy it. Would you be willing to take a drive that really uh, in, in, includes the majority of the of the country, and I said, I think that'd be fabulous. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea, and, and then he said, Would you, uh, when you do it, would you be willing to write a kind of a journal of the trip? And I said, Sure. I, you know, I've written journals of some of my trips in the past, and that would be fun. But there was never any notion that it would be a book. And at the end of the trip, he said, My lord, this is so much more than I had anticipated uh, I'd like to publish it as a book and I said well wonderful <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it, it was it was very interesting because um, the way I, I read is I you know at night I'll you know when you get into bed and you know you, you relax and you, you read a little bit and uh, it was almost like you know I was with you on the journey as you were going <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice that's that's exactly what I had uh, hoped it would be so that's, that's nice to hear. Yeah, and it's too bad, you know, I, I don't want to say too much about the book because I don't right. want to, <laughs> I want to save people, you know, so they can enjoy it. Thank but you. Um, is, um, is Shelley fine now? Or? She is great. Thank you very much. Yeah. She's doing very well. Yeah. And um, now some of the amusing things, that, you know, I will bring out a couple of things in the, in the book uh, that I found kind of amusing, like uh, when you're having the oil change in New York. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> One of the less uh, friendly moments on the trip. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I was reading that, I thought, oh boy, we're going to have a fight here. <laughs> I thought that myself for a while, uh, but it, uh, it worked out very well. 
And um, another thing uh, was about the railroad tracks. Oh, that was something, wasn't it? That was, I mean, that sounds kind of scary. It was very scary. Uh, it was, uh, well, as you say, without giving too much away, it, it was a very frightening uh, experience. And um, I, I, one of the things I love about the book is the, is the conversations with Mule. Yeah. <laughs> the, and the relationship that developed between us. Mule, in that instance, uh, sort of pointed out to me that I maybe better move my rear end. Yeah. Or, or our rear end, as it were. <laughs> now, you, uh, you, you seem to uh, form a real bond with Mule and, uh, you know, hear you talking to her and things like that. It, it was, was it your first experience with a, a Prius? It was, yes. And, and it was uh, for those people in your audience who drive them, they know that it's, it's a different experience oh, to yeah. drive, a, drive a hybrid, or at least this one. Uh, for those who uh, don't know, uh, I can only tell you that it's worth doing, but be prepared for it to be a different experience than what, you've, uh, what you're used to in driving a, a regular gas-powered automobile. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we, we bought a car last year, and we test drive. Uh, test drove a uh, Prius to, uh -huh. to see how it was like. And it's like we were going to take it out for a test drive. I got in the car. It's like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then when we started it, it was like, okay, something's wrong. It's not running because <laughs> you couldn't hear anything. It was, it was, that's my experience exactly. I thought, well, what, what kind of a fool am I? I? I'm a good driver and I can't figure out <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, how to make it, this thing work. It was something, yeah. And uh, now I was surprised, though, uh, through your whole journey, you were talking about uh, your, um, your, you know, MapQuest or whatever your directions were. Uh, there was no GPS on the on the car. There was not. No. Ah, okay, because that that might have come in handy. <laughs> it, it certainly might have. A couple of times I can think of uh, that I was screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs. So uh, a GPS would have been a very nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, now, now one thing I did notice in the book, uh, you seem to to hold back your opinion of the former occupant of the White House. Uh, you know, so don't be shy. Go ahead and tell us what you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was, I was I commented yesterday, I did the first, or day before yesterday, I guess I did the first uh, uh, stop of on, the, on a new book tour for this book. And I said, uh, I've gotten two reviews that I'm aware of. Um, one from Publishers Weekly that was really a Valentine, a very nice review. And the other was a sort of nice review, but the woman uh, who wrote it, uh, teacher in a university in Virginia, said that perhaps my political opinions might offend some people. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, that's a danger, I suppose, if somebody is thin-skinned enough to not, not allow me to have an opinion. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, if you're running for politics, in politics, you've, you've got to take it. I mean, that's right, you know, yeah. everybody has an opinion, and they should have an opinion. Sure. You know, whether they like it or not. I mean, yep. And uh, you know, but all you know, all the kidding aside and everything, your, your book does bring up very uh, good points and and issues. And, oh, and thank you. I thought it was very interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, now, have have you been involved uh, for a long time in in politics? Not politics, but you know, uh, different issues. Yes. Yes. I, um, ever since, well, since uh, I guess, as I say in the. Uh, first book, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. I had a couple of experiences that really uh, 
opened my eyes a bit, and then after getting, getting out of the service, uh, I just kept having experiences that were really eye-opening in terms of what my appreciation of being an American citizen really means and my understanding of what the country stands for uh, is about. And that has propelled me into um, being what some people call an activist, uh, not a term I'm greatly fond of. but uh, I know, it sounds so so radical. <laughs> well, it, it, on some levels, yeah, and it really does. Uh, you know, when people label you in one form or another, it, it tends to cut off communication, which right. is what I what I don't like about it, because I really am, am a big fan of communication between people, even when we have, you know, different points of view. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I noticed, you know, throughout the book, there were different points when, when you seemed to, you know, you, you seemed to always keep a level head and, and you know, don't scream at anybody and, 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 and you know, except with the oil change. <laughs> <laughs> except periodically the car, yes. Right, in the car, yes. <laughs> now, um, have you ever thought of running for office? Well, thought is an interesting word. Uh, one has to think about it because the question keeps coming up, but I, I have no intention of, actually no interest in running for office. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's been suggested a few times, uh, a couple of times very seriously, and that makes you at least think about it. But uh, it's really not something that I'm yeah. interested in doing. Well, you know, reading it, and, and, you know, you have a lot of common sense, which, you know, is desperately needed <laughs> in <laughs> Thank politics. You very much. Thank you. <laughs> That's the trouble. No, all those that, you know, don't have it, are there. <laughs> That's the problem. It sure appears that to be that way, that way doesn't it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as your acting, uh, do you remember your first paid acting role? Yes. My first paid acting role was as a uh, in a television commercial for um, uh, something called Italian Swiss Colony Wine. I, I seem to I remember that. <laughs> not the not the, you know you being in it, but I oh, remember the, the, the name. product. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There was a uh, there was an Italian. I'm trying to remember his name. I can't quite. But there was a, a fellow, sort of like the Colonel Sanders figure today. He mm-hmm. was the little old winemaker, uh, and he was the he was the kind of uh, uh, premier character associated with Italian Swiss Colony wine. And they made a series of commercials featuring him. And, and, and one of them, I was uh, I played a young man with a lady at a restaurant somewhere. Uh, but so, it was, you know, it was thrilling because it was my first job. Yeah, so you weren't the little old winemaker then. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, before MASH, uh, you appeared in, in many, many TV shows like McHale's Navy Combat, Lassie, The Monkees, I Dream of Jeannie, Mannix, and then you got a regular role on The Interns with Broderick Crawford, uh, sort of like a early... ER, Grey's Anatomy type show. Uh, did you enjoy being on a regular series? You know, running all the time at the same time, but around that time. Oh, sure. It was you know, it was wonderful. It was uh, uh, my the, the show. The job prior to that was the first really big break for me, which was two two years on a soap, Days of Our Lives. Oh, yeah. But um, that one was the first sort of prime time show, and you know, there's a very real difference between doing a soap, for example, and doing a network series in prime time mm-hmm. so that was a that was a major step and, and really exciting one i loved uh, i loved working with uh, rod and uh, you know watching a man who had been in the profession for so long oh, yeah. uh, uh, just seeing learning the tricks if you will and 
and the young people with whom I worked were really uh, terrific, and they were all, you know, um, hopefully looking forward to a, a career in the business, as was I. And the this is a, this is a business of uh, fits and starts. You know, you you have a break and looks like things are going to be clear sailing, and then suddenly the series is canceled, and you're on your own again. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I must say that was the beginning of a very lucky streak for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and then you continued on doing other appearances after that, uh, and then along came MASH and B.J. Honeycutt. Right. Um, did you, uh, were you excited when you got the part, and did you have any reservations? Oh, gee, no. I mean, I was thrilled, and uh, MASH was a, was a very popular show, and it was one that I really admired, uh, although I never had any dream about being part of it because when it went on the air I was doing a television series with uh, Anthony Quinn called The Man in the City mm -hmm, yep. and um, involved once that show was over involved uh, at Universal as a contract player they had, one of the requirements of my doing that role was to sign a contract at Universal so I was I was tied up I was under contract and doing you know guest spots and different things and movies and stuff but I just adored MASH. I thought it was a wonderful show. And when the, uh, the opportunity to be part of it came, I was, I was delighted. Uh, I remember the first question I asked my agent when he called me was, can I do this? Because I'm under contract at Universal. And he said, let's, oh, don't worry about that now. Let's go meet these. You know, they, they had asked for a meeting. Would mm -hmm. I be willing to come to a meeting? And I said, oh, would I? <laughs> I would be thrilled to come to a meeting. Um, and... They were they were very gracious and, and very open and, and, and clear about it. They at that time they didn't know if Wayne was going to come back or not. There, there was still a, a contract uh, difficulty to be worked out. So they said, "Look, if it happens that Wayne comes back, of course this is all moot." And I said, "I, I well understand that, but but if he doesn't, um, you know, we'd like to know if you'd be interested in coming in." And, uh, interested, of course, any actor worth his, you know, worth a brain would be interested <laughs> in coming into that show. Um, so I just sort of went away thinking, boy, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> and then uh, very shortly, uh, evidently, the, the determination was made that Wayne was not coming back, and they called and asked if I would do a screen test with, uh, with Alan. Uh, and there were two other actors who were also invited in to do a screen test with Alan to see kind of what kind of chemistry happened between the actors. Mm -hmm. And um, I got lucky. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was so obvious that, that the two of you just melded right together. It, it, it <laughs> was you. just amazing. Well, we became, very quickly became close friends, and it remained so. Yeah. Now, when you first got on the show, did you, uh, you know, hit it off with everybody right off the bat, or, you know, being the new guy and all? <laughs> You know, the, the, the biggest problem with it was me. Uh, I was so scared that I was going to be the guy who sank the show. <laughs> I was going to be the guy who, uh, who just detonated some 
spine under this show and it collapsed around me. Uh, I thought that the cast would resent me because Wayne had been an integral part of the show and then very much a member of the family. I thought that uh, once, once, once I came on the set, I must say, they were hugely generous and welcoming and just very gracious about it all. It was not, not that Wayne never existed, but it was Wayne had gone on to you know, his choice and yeah. the new guy was here and uh, I was embraced like a, and quickly became a member of the family. Um, and then, of course, when I got over the jitters about whether or not the cast would accept me, I began to think, well, what if the audience doesn't accept me? And uh, so for the next couple of months, while we were shooting the show before it went on the air, I was thinking, oh, boy. Oh, boy, what if the ratings are terrible when, <laughs> when, the, when the new episodes come out? Yeah. But uh, that, that didn't happen either. That must be hard for, for you know, I mean, it didn't happen to you, but some actors that happens to where they come on to the show and all of a sudden the show tanks, not necessarily because of them, but then forever people say, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And boy, what a thing to wear around your neck. Oh, you know? yeah. Jeez. The man who killed MASH. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the show, of course, you were always doing practical jokes and everything, uh, but behind the scenes, was there actually a lot of that going on? Oh, indeed. Uh, I'm, I love practical jokes and did them all the time. And, and actually, it was that that kind of uh, generated the idea for the jokes to, to be done, you know, as part of the relationship. Um, and the, the producers just loved the fact that we did these jokes on each other, and they just decided to work it into the stories. Hmm. You, can you share with us what, the most memorable one you... That you can tell us. <laughs> yeah, you know it's tough uh, because it's uh, it's the uh, it's a kind of you had to be there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, the, the one really great one would take longer than your show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to tell. But uh, I, I should just say that there were some pretty um, uh, lengthy. I mean going on day after day sort of jokes that, yeah. were, that were where one would get up on the other and then the other would return the, the, the favor. It was really fun. <laughs> now, was it a tough decision to end the show? Very, in, in, in many ways. Um, I broached the subject with Alan at the uh, nearing the end of our 10th year, or midway through, I guess, our 10th year, uh, just as to what his mind was. And he said he'd always thought that 10 years would be show and of course it was all going so well that nobody had nobody had given it much thought beyond that but we discussed it at length and then finally sat down with the rest of the cast and um, some were more open to it than others but we always did things by consensus and finally everybody agreed that we should say you know what we want is to bring the show to an end by having an episode that ends the war because we think that would give us an opportunity to bring the show to a conclusion, to say goodbye and thank you to each of the characters, and also say goodbye and thank you to the audience. Mm-hmm. And of course, the studio and, and the network went crazy when they told them, when we told them we wanted to, uh, to end the show. But um, they finally got it that we were serious, and, and, and they finally worked out a compromise. They, first of all, they did not want an episode that ended the war. <clears throat> and... Um, then they finally came around and they said, well, if, if, you'll, if you'll come back for an abbreviated 11th season, a shortened 11th season, 
um, we would give you, instead of an episode that ends the war, we would give you a movie, a two-hour television movie that we could do that deals with all of the things you, to you talked about wanting to do to end the show. And um, that, that, that was something that was a little difficult to understand, but I remember <clears throat> we kept saying, well, why can't we have an episode that ends the war? That's, you know, that's an important thing. And a, a studio executive came down to the set and he explained to us that said, do you, do you remember The Fugitive, the David Jansen show? And, mm -hmm. and we all said, of course we remember it. And he said, well, when The Fugitive ended, David Jansen wanted to find the one-armed man and resolve the fact that Dr. Kimball was, in fact, innocent and bring everything to a kind of a wrap, it, wrap it up, in a way. And he said, it killed the show in syndication. Mm -hmm. And so we can't do that with MASH. Yeah. And we, we, we all sort of looked at him like, <laughs> like he was... He was uh, a man from another planet, and, and I finally said, you know, it may surprise you to know this, but most of the audience understands that the Korean War ended. Right. <laughs> and he, he just sort of looked at me like I was an idiot and got up and left the stage. Uh, but they really, they really feared that if we ended the show with an episode that ended the war, that it would, end the, it would, it would stop the uh, sale of the show in syndication in the future. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I mean, I'd still want to see Mash. <laughs> well, of course, it's just in, you know, it's with that sort of idiotic television yeah. mindset. But you know, they, we made the movie, which, as you know, I'm sure was the largest, turned out to be the largest television audience in television history. Right. Yeah. And remains so to this day. But they rarely allow it to be shown. Yeah, you because, don't see it very often <laughs> because they. They don't want people to know the show ended, the war ended. <laughs> now, w was it tough getting through that last show? Oh, gee. Uh, the, the movie was actually not the last show because it was so long and it required so much post-production that we shot it before we shot the yeah, last I was, episode. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, but, um, but it was very hard to get through it, as you can imagine. I mean, we're saying goodbye. Even, even though we knew we had a, an episode or two more to do, we were we were actually saying goodbye yeah. as characters to these people we'd come to know and love and have worked with over so many years and and we knew even though we've made a point of staying friends staying close and getting together regularly and stuff we knew that we were never going to have the same kind of relationship never have the same kind of time together that we'd had mm -hmm. for yeah. all those years so it was it was uh, it was very hard i remember bert metcalf who directed the last episode that that movie saying, I've never had to tell an actor to stop crying so much. <laughs> and we were all kind of, we'd get to a scene and there would be some goodbye and we'd start blubbering. And, yeah. and it, was, uh, it was hard to get through it. Jeez. And, and the thing is, MASH was not, uh, you know, I mean, it was a comedy, but it was serious and it, it yeah. wasn't just a fluff show. It, it, it had meaning behind oh, it. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Ever, ever, and that was really the, the magic of the show, that we could move between the, the harsh, bloody reality of the war mm -hmm. and the craziness of these people trying to stay sane in the midst of all this chaos. Yeah. Now, MASH, you know, it really meant so much to so many people. Do you realize at that time that it had so much of an influence on people? You know, it's weird. We, I remember coming back from, a, we had a, a We'd shoot for six or seven months, and then we'd have some months off before the next season. And I remember coming back from overseas uh, and sitting down with Alan on the first day of a new season, saying, "Are you are you hearing what I'm hearing out there?" 
And he said, yeah. And he said, you know, people really, really love this show. And they, and they take it very much to heart. And yeah. I said, yeah. And we just talked about it with the, with the cast, as, as we were wont to do, and said, you know, this show has a special significance somehow. And we, we all really made, made, a, made a point of dedicating ourselves to uh, ensuring that we didn't let people down, that, yeah. we, that we really did our best to make, uh, to make the show live up to, the, to people's expectations. Yeah, well, it definitely was one of the best shows ever made, I believe. You know, well, thank you. I think. Thank and you. Now, Aftermath, and, and I don't mean the show Aftermath, <laughs> okay. but Aftermath was completed. Uh, you, you held off for doing another regular series until Providence. Was there a reason for that? Or? Yeah, you know, having done the best television series that ever existed, in my view, it just felt odd to me to, to, to jump back into a television series. And yeah. I, I was offered a number of them under different circumstances. Um, none ever kind of bent my badge, if you will, mm-hmm. until um, this surprising show came up. I was sent a script. Uh, you know, I'd been sent a lot of scripts, but I was sent this script. And I remember calling my agent and saying, this show will never get on the air. It's too good. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they'd love to meet you if you're willing to meet with them. And I said, sure. And I went in and met with the producers and the writers and I said, you know, this is, a, this is really a terrific script. I can't believe it'll ever get on the air. And they said, well, we're going to shoot the pilot and, you know, hope for the best. And, um, and we'd love to have you be part of it. And I said, you know, um, sure. I, I, I frankly don't believe it'll ever be a series. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd love to have the experience of doing this pilot. And, and I, was, I was flabbergasted when the show sold. Yeah. Um, and I must say, loved doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been 16 years since I'd done MASH, and these young people uh, that I worked with, these kids who played my children, uh, the cast, the crew, everybody was just terrific, and, and um, it was a very, I think, uh, very fine uh, show that uh, I'm very proud of having done. Yeah, well, it just goes to show that, you know, sometimes, not very often, but sometimes... <laughs> Quality does get through the, the network executives. <laughs> yes, sometimes. Sometimes I think they blink or something. <laughs> yeah. And and another thing I found when I was doing research is that um, many people might not know this, but uh, you were the producer of Robin Williams' movie Patch Adams. Yes. And I understand that was based on your acquaintance uh, with the actual doctor who was the film was about. Yes, Patch is a friend of mine, and uh, oh. I, we we met actually in the Soviet Union. Um, Shelley and I, and he and his wife were part of, uh, and Dennis Weaver and his wife were part of a delegation of American citizens going to uh, to meet uh, our counterparts in the Soviet Union to try to find a way to pass the, all the all the saber rattling and war talk that was happening at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was patches as the movie depicted, but but far more so than the movie depicted. Oh really? Was a, oh, uh, an extraordinary man, mm-hmm. extraordinary man. Hyper dedicated to uh, actually what is very much at issue today, uh, seeing to it that everybody gets health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually a few years between the time we were in the Soviet Union and a number of years actually. And he called me, we were, we'd stayed in touch, but he called me and said uh, he had written a book and uh, the book had gotten some attention to his story, his life story, and there were some Hollywood uh, 
people who were calling him and wanting to wine him and dine him and, you know, get him to sign on the dotted line and so they could make a movie about his... And he said, I, Mike, I don't trust these people. <laughs> and I said, well, some of them aren't worth trusting, right. badge, but, you know, some are. There are some good people in the industry. And he just kept saying, I said, you know, I'll guide you. I'll, I'll tell you who I think is a good person and who's not. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, well, why don't you do it? And I said, you know, I don't have the kind of clout, Patch, frankly, that, that some people do in the industry that, that can ensure that a movie gets made. And he said, I don't care. If you, don't, if you guys will do it, uh, then I'll, I'll sign up with you and we'll do the best we can to make a movie. And uh, I talked to my partner and he said, sure, you know, let's do it. So we... Uh, we agreed, and we made a deal at Universal, and um, it—it's a long story. But it, uh, it, although the movie was very successful, it was really not as—it was really not as the, the movie we wanted to make. It, it turned out to be a, a very different kind of film than mm-hmm. what we had anticipated. Yeah, but that's the name of the game in this business. Right? Yeah. You know, I know how <laughs> you think it's going to go one way, and somebody yeah. turns around and says, "Nope, we're going yeah. this way." <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the the book is of Mule and Man, and you yes. can pick it up at any bookstore. And it's a very good book. I got to tell you, uh, you know, people to check it out. Thank you. And Mike, I want to thank you so much for sharing this time with us. I, I, I know you're busy, and I appreciate you taking the time. It's been fun, Brian. Thank you very much for the interest. <laughs> Well, it certainly was great hearing from Mike Farrell. He uh, loved hearing those stories about MASH and about his book. It's, and, and if you have a chance, get the book of Mule and Man from Mike Farrell because it's a great book. It's it's not a big book, so, you know, it's an easy read to go through. But it uh, talks about, um, he, he goes around, it's like a diary of being on a trip with Mike as he prepares for a uh, book tour that he was doing to promote his book and... Uh, and it's it's just a, a fascinating thing. And out of that trip, he wrote this book. So it's it's something. It's it's funny. It's there's some serious stuff in it. it. It's it's all kinds of things, and it's just a lot of fun. So you might want to check that out. It's available in you know just about every bookstore and all that sort of stuff. So or you can get it online, whatever. But uh, that's uh, something to check out because it's a lot of fun. And we want to thank Mike for taking the time to talk with us about that. And I want to remind you to check out our website because we're going to have more guests coming your way. And we are now taking emails for questions that you would like to ask those stars. And uh, what you got to do is check the website, onscreenandbeyond.com, to find out who some upcoming guests are. And uh, we will tell you how long you have to send in your questions because uh, what happens is sometimes we get these interviews and it's, it might only be a couple days. So we can't really tell you about who's coming up on the show here because uh, it, it, we're only a weekly show. So uh, in that week's time, we may have a couple of guests that we're going to be interviewing and we need those questions right off. So if you uh, do want to... Uh, have a chance to ask some of these stars a question, you can email us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will turn around and see if we can get some of those questions in. And like I said earlier, we had a chance to uh, do that with Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen on the 50s TV classic show, The Adventures of Superman. And we did get a couple of those uh, emails in to ask Jack some questions, and uh, we appreciate people who do that. And we also, you know, let everybody know who you are, where you're from, 
and um, give the uh, star a chance to uh, answer your question. So if you want to do that, remember, you've got to check the website because the website is going to keep you updated on that the best. And you can just keep checking it uh, every day if you want uh, because it can change within just a day or two. So you can check that out. Uh, and also, of course, uh, the movie Top Ten right on the front page of On Screen and Beyond. Scroll down to the bottom and you can find out what the big movies of the week were. And that's about it now for Episode 60. We are... Going into episode 61 on the next show, I don't have that information yet of who is going to be the next guest, but uh, we will let you know probably on the website. And uh, But uh, next week we'll have another great guest like Mike Farrell this week. And uh, we, uh, you know, people who either have, uh, you know, memories of, of the shows they were in or people with new things that are going on and it's all right here at on screen and beyond we let you know and let you hear from the stars themselves right here so we hope you'll join us again glad you're listening to us uh, always love to hear from people just sending us an email to talk about uh, you know saying hi or whatever and uh, we uh, want to thank all our listeners we've got people who have been listening from uh uh we had some people from Brazil and Germany and England and Japan. And that's just, you know, one day we're getting all these people. And it's great hearing from you. and glad you're listening. And if you have any suggestions for stars you'd like to hear from, let us know. We'll see what we can do. Uh, we, we have been able to uh, get a couple of these people for you. And uh, we are trying. Everybody you send in, we try to, uh, you know, to to get them sometimes we can't but uh, we'll do the best we can uh, we also have some that the people have come in and the people have passed away so those i'm afraid we just can't get those people but uh, all the others we'll we'll see what we can do so that's about it for episode 60 so until next time this is brian saying take care 